0: Welcome to Rise Up For You, a podcast focused on helping women get to the next step in life professionally and personally. Through our six pillars, relationships, investing, self-worth, career, love, and health, we focus on the whole woman. With interviews from global experts, teachers, authors, and more, we provide you with real strategy and tips that you can start implementing today in your career, relationships, and so much more. We are all about educating and empowering you to become your best self.
1: And now your host, Natalina.
0: Hi everyone, welcome to Rise Up For You. This is your host, Netalina. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're gonna to be speaking with Aldana Luis Fernandez on the art of negotiation. This is an episode you do not wanna miss. She is the CEO of Dynamic Vision International. She dispenses leadership, negotiation, and communication training to corporate clients and small businesses. She's pretty amazing. After retiring from the Air Force, Aldana has spent years working with the U.S. Navy on the F-18 radar programs, with Sparta and pa- Parsons on satellite launch programs for space and missile systems. I mean, she has done some incredible work, and she has negotiated her way through many things in life. And she's going to talk with us. About how to think like a negotiator. This episode is for all and everyone and can relate in your personal and your professional life. Rise Up For You and enjoy this episode. Aldana, thank you so much for joining us today here on the Rise Up For You podcast. Such an honor to have you on the show. We always like to start off the episode by letting the audience get to know our guests. So can you tell us about yourself and what it is that you do?
1: Uh, well, I, I'm th- first, thanks for having me. I uh, love to do things like this and uh, excited to be here. Uh, well, I'm, I'm a retired Air Force veteran. I spent 23 years in the uh, U.S. Air Force, and I was a contracts manager and negotiator, uh, retired from the Air Force, and then went to work for defense contractors and did contracts negotiation on the other side of the table. And so I've got a lot of years of experience negotiating contracts, traveled all over the world and uh, negotiated in many different countries. So I started teaching people how to think like a negotiator, wrote the book on Think Like a Negotiator. And it's basically how to uh, ask for exactly what you want and get it every time by thinking like a negotiator. So I'm a speaker trainer. Uh, I do some consulting and coaching as well.
0: Okay. So this is this is pretty cool because we actually haven't had this on our show yet. Um, so I'd like to hear a little bit more about the journey, um, you know, about your service. Thank you so much for that as well. Um, and love to hear kind of uh, how it started, how it began, how it got you to that point, uh, and then we can roll from there.
1: Well, I, mean, I had a pretty rough childhood. I was uh, had two alcoholic parents, and my mother died when I was young, when I was twelve, of alcoholism, and you know, I, my father. Father, they shut off after she died. I was kind of heading down the wrong path. Uh, dropped out of high school, running with the wrong crowd, and uh, I don't know. Something inside me said you can have something different than this. This doesn't need to be your life. So I got my GED. Saw a commercial that said Air Force, great way of life, and I decided to join the Air Force because I thought it would be an adventure and a way for me to uh, get a college degree. I now have two associates and a bachelor's degree, and. Um, you know, overcome a lot in my life. So um, that, that also took me on the path of, uh, you know, make a lot of bad choices in relationships because of what I saw as an example in relationships. So I, I did make a lot of bad choices early in my life. Have two beautiful kids, but um, I had to do a lot of work on myself to really learn how to love who I am. I and mean, there is that that uh, saying or scripture that says, love your neighbor as yourself. And you can't really do that if you don't love yourself. So in order to give love, you have to love who you are. And I, I had to do a lot of work. So I, the person I saw in the mirror, I could say, I love you. You're cool.
0: So, um, gosh, I could tell there's an incredible story there. So, you know, you joined, joined the air force. I'd love to touch on that just a little bit. You know, what, What was that like as a woman, you know, joining the Air Force? Any struggles um, that you had to overcome? I'm I'm sure quite a few that were related to being a woman or just struggles in general that everybody was going through.
1: Oh, well, no. When I came in the Air Force, it was 8% women, 8, like 8%. Today it's about probably 16% or more, maybe 20%, depending on which service that you're in. But uh, when I joined... So you you got a number for your, they called it a flight, your unit that you went into in basic training. And because there were so few women, we had a W in front of our our number. So I came in in as W072, meaning the 72nd group of women that were coming into basic training uh, like that. So I did have a lot of struggles. But it was interesting because I never got raised to understand that. I didn't understand it till later. A lot of the things I was experiencing was was basically being brushed off because I was a woman and I was harassed. I was assaulted in the military, unfortunately. But, um, you know, and I, so I experienced a lot of uphill battles of things that, oh, well, you can't do that because you're a woman. Learned how to ride a Harley when I was in the military. Got told I couldn't do that either because I was a woman. So. It was kind of one of those, really, you're going to tell me I can't do that? Guess what? I'm going to show you exactly what I can do and more. I made it to the rank of master sergeant, and um, that I probably could have gone farther, but I deployed to the Middle East after 9-11 and decided that I'd kind of had enough of that. So after 23 years, I decided to uh, give the civilian world a try.
0: Wow. Well, um Gosh, you have such an incredible story and, I, and I'm sure that, the, you know, the, the women and men that are listening are already empowered about what you're saying. I'd love to, um, you know, it, it's it's interesting because we we have these conversations and there's people that have gone through, you know, tough times as yourself that can't overcome it and they don't rise above it. So what was it within you that when somebody said you can't do this or being a woman in the Air Force where you were like, screw you, I'm going to do it anyways, like wh- where did that come from do you feel?
1: I have some kind of tenacity deep down inside me. I mean, I bet early on in my life, I mean, my mother left me in a store when I was five and she was very abusive and mean and nasty to me uh, up until she died. It it was because of the disease of alcoholism that made her that way. And my father didn't know what to do with me. And I, I don't know, nobody ever really taught me that, oh, okay, you can't do this. So I I never really thought, okay, I'm going in the military and I'm going to face a lot of stuff because I'm a woman, because nobody ever set me up for that. So I guess I was probably a little naive to that fact. So I just was kind of like, oh, whatever. But looking back on some things, I got passed over for jobs because I was a woman. I got uh, put into certain situations or or didn't get certain situations because I was a woman. As somebody in the Air Force, you know, you get a lot of awards and and things for... uh, you're outstanding service and such. And and while I got a lot of that, somewhere inside me, I really didn't believe that. I, sometimes I thought they were just giving those things to me. I still had limiting beliefs about myself, but I would dust myself off and just keep on going anyway. It's some sort of tenacity down inside of me. Um, I guess because I had to be a survivor, I had to survive my childhood, which I always like to say I'm a victor over versus the survivor of. But while I was in it, I was surviving it. Um, I've had victory over that because of the work I've done on myself, but it's just, um, I always had to row my own boat, so to speak, because my mother was an alcoholic as far back as I could remember, and my father was checked out, and I was an only child. I had an older sister who didn't live with us. She was 13 years older, so by the time I was that age, she wasn't living. She never lived with us, and um, I just had to figure it out on my own, so I did.
0: Do you think it's more of, um, do you think maybe one of the common denominators? And again, I'm just um, asking—is maybe the fact that you were a survivor, like you at a young age, you had kind of had to fend for yourself. You, and uh, by the time you got to the Air Force, it was just kind of a natural thing for you.
1: Oh yeah, definitely, because I pretty much had to just roll with my life the way it was and keep on, just keep on going. And I got knocked down a lot, but I would dust myself. off and keep on going because it's kind of like if I stopped then there's nobody there to take care of me my father died when I was 22 so I joined the Air Force when I was 19 my father died when I was 22 I had lost touch with my sister when I was 15 and the rest of my family so I had nobody to fall back on but myself so I think it was just a matter of if I don't do
0: it uh,
1: nobody else will I just have to keep on moving
0: Absolutely. Um, Eldon, I want to talk a little bit, you know, you mentioned earlier that you wrote a book called um, The Art of Negotiation, and this is kind of an expertise for you. When specifically did you realize that, you know, you were good at this skill? And obviously, it's a skill that many of us want to master. Was there a specific time in the Air Force that, um, you know, you had to use this art of negotiation? Or was it just like a compilation of your experiences?
1: Well, my job in the Air Force was called contract specialist. So I had managed contracts and I had to negotiate contracts. And then I was a supervisor. So you have to negotiate with the subordinates and superiors. And in the military, it's all about negotiation and maneuvering and things like that. When I was deployed, it was a definite negotiation. Uh, so, uh, and I never really thought that I was, I never realized I was good at it. I sort of did it because it was part of my job. And retired from the military, went to work in the corporate world, and I, again, just kept doing it and whatever it was. And I started speaking around 2006 uh, on behalf of a nonprofit. Uh, We'd go into shelters and do leadership and self-esteem workshops for women in crisis. And I started sharing basic motivational things, kind of how I had worked on myself because I had started working on myself uh, probably – after I got out of the military, really started significantly doing some work on my mindset, my attitude, and healing from all the stuff from my past. And I, uh, I started helping people, doing a little consulting here and there, helping writing letters for people, dispute letters to get money back or to resolve situations. It's a natural thing for me. And one of my friends who's a business strategist said, why aren't you teaching this stuff? I'm like, what? Does somebody want to learn this? What? It's so natural to me. I didn't even think about it. But really, negotiation is a skill that we need, whether it's uh, personal or professional. I always say whether it's a multimillion-dollar deal, how to get your kids to do their homework, or where to meet for dinner. We are negotiating every day. Our life is riddled with negotiation. We don't even realize it. So I was encouraged to write a book, and I wrote Think Like a Negotiator, 50 Ways to Create Win-Win Results by Understanding the Pitfalls to Avoid, and started doing speaking and training on negotiation. I've helped a lot of people uh, become good negotiators.
0: I'd love to, uh, I 50 tips is a lot, and we definitely won't uh, dive into that in the episode, and uh, we ov- obviously we want to encourage the listeners as well to uh, check out your book, but I'd love to hear from you um, maybe a handful of tips or, or the most important ones, in your opinion, that uh, can really help us jumpstart this uh, art of negotiation and the skill.
1: Well, thinking like a negotiator starts with owning your power. You have to own your power, uh, and decide, okay, I don't like what's happening here, this isn't right, or I need to step up for this, or I'm getting ready to go forward and either negotiate a salary or a business deal or with my teenager or with my partner or my spouse or whoever, and you have to first stand in your power and say, I'm going to stand up for myself on my side what I want, And that's it once that's the first thing you have to do, because you have to have some type of power within yourself to go forward and uh, actually be ready to negotiate.
0: You know, and that's interesting that you, that you say that now, and obviously Rise Up For You is a company that empowers and educates women. And this is tough for women. Sometimes it's tough for them to, to speak up and stand up for themselves um, when they want something, you know, especially in the career world, you know, the confidence and being able to say what they want um, generally is really difficult for women. What are some things that, you know, you can, I guess, recommend to, to our women out there that are listening um, to speak up and to actually own your power?
1: yeah you know, the other thing like a negotiator strategies is to ask for exactly what you want, and like you're saying, uh, there's been research d- done that say women don't ask we're asking more but we're not asking we're asking more than we have in the past, but we are not asking enough and most women are afraid to ask they hesitate to ask because they fear rejection. so what I usually tell people to do to train themselves in negotiation is to go out to a yard sale, a thrift shop, a swap meet. And if you're scared to do it, it's a low risk, high value, low cost environment to do negotiation. You put five bucks in your pocket and you head out to a yard sale. You find some little tchotchke thing you want and you ask them how much they want for it. They tell you, you got to decide then is it or is it not fair and reasonable? And that's Fair and reasonable is something that is subjective to each person. What I think is fair and reasonable may not be the same as you or somebody else. Fair implies a proper balance of conflicting interests. Reasonable means not extreme or excessive. So, fair and reasonable is something that's moderate and somewhat balanced. So, once you've decided, ah, oh, this isn't fair and reasonable, say it's like two, a $2 item, offer them a dollar. All they can say is no. And if you feel, if you feel that anxiousness about asking, you definitely le- need to do that. You can't flip a light switch to become an expert. The only way to do it is to actually get out there and do it. And going to a yard sale or a swap meet or something where people expect to negotiate with just a few dollars, if you screw it up, so what? You, at least you've asked. It's just the whole thing about you have to get out there and ask in order to get the confidence and build that confidence towards owning your power more and more
0: hmm. that's a really good idea just something small like you said low risk you know bargain garage sale whatnot and, and do the ask um and once you get past the ask then where do you go from there let's say they say yes or they come back with another negotiation you just keep going when do you know when it is to stop or back down
1: Well, so before you go into a negotiation, you have to prepare in advance. And preparing in advance could be on a a more detailed negotiation or contract or bid or whatever where you're charting out costs and things like that. I bid on a lot of big government contracts, and I have spreadsheets and all this, and I'm I'm haggling with myself over costs and figuring out what I'm going to offer. But for something like a yard sale, you look at it, you decide in advance, what's your bottom line is, okay, I'm not going to pay more than a dollar for this. And then you decide that with yourself. So then you know your walk away point. If they say two dollars, I wouldn't say a dollar because they may come back up to $1.50. I might say 50 cents. If they take it, great. If they if not, they may come up to a dollar. And you've gone with what you think is fair and reasonable. If they don't come to uh, within what you think is fair and reasonable, you're willing to walk away, but you decide that up front. You prepare in advance and you decide that up front so you don't get caught up in the emotion of it. Because as women, sometimes we get, oh, I really want this. No, you have to decide your walk-away point in advance. So, okay, I'm not going to pay more than a dollar for this. If they want two dollars, I'm going to offer them maybe 50 cents. If they come up to a dollar, I'll give them a dollar. If they Say at 50 cents, that's great, that's more than I expected, but I'm not paying more than a dollar. Hey, can, can I offer you a dollar? No. Okay, thank you. Turn and walk, walk away. Don't give them $2. And it, it may seem silly because it's a small little yard sale, but these strategies and the, this experience and the confidence that you get at the lower level translates over into the bigger level and the bigger deals. I didn't start negotiating uh, multi million dollar contracts. In my first year in the military, I was working in the follow-up section where I was negotiating new delivery dates on delinquent purchase orders. But those skills there translated over into the bigger contracts when I had more experience. I mean, I had a $104 million aircraft maintenance contract that I was working on uh, at one point so it it you start small but the experience at the small level carries over to the bigger level and helps you to be more confident in every negotiation.
0: Mm, I love that. That like you said it it sounds small but exactly what you said, you know, um, having your bottom line, being prepared ahead of time. Those are those are strategies that that will work in really any area whether it's your personal or professional life. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I want to jump into the power section of the episode. Can you tell us one book that you've read that's had a massive impact on your life that you would recommend to us? Well, I mean, for me, and it's
1: not so much from a, a religious standpoint, even though I am a Christian, but the Bible is, to me, that book that has plenty of life skill things in there. One of my favorite passages is The Power of Life and Death is in the Tongue. If we just uh, consider that, maybe there'd be less anger in the world today.
0: Mm. And what's one value that you have always stuck by throughout your journey? Something non-negotiable.
1: Integrity first. And um, It's actually an Air Force core value.
0: And here at Rise It For You, we always like to ask, you know, if you can leave the world with one final message, we call it the golden nugget. What would that be for you?
1: Well, I always say the power is in the work. If you do the work, you'll have the power to achieve whatever
0: you want to achieve in life. I love that. I love that statement. And lastly, um, as you know, we are rise up for you. That's the company. That's the podcast. When you hear that phrase, rise up for you, what sparks in you? Anything ignite?
1: Well, rise up for me, that's like within myself rising up so I can go do what I'm called to do in the world.
0: Thank you again so much for joining us. How do we support you and how do we stay connected to you?
1: Well, you can find me anywhere on social media, Eldona Luis Fernandez, uh, at Eldona F on Instagram and Twitter, Eldona Luis Fernandez on Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, my website, Eldonaluisfernandez.com. If you want a free report on the top 10 everyday negotiations you don't realize you already do, you can go to tln think like a negotiator tlnreport.com and grab that free report. There's some great information there about basics about negotiation and 10 things that you don't realize that you're doing
0: probably today. Wonderful. Eldona, uh, thank you again so much for joining us. Short conversation. We'll definitely have to have you back.
1: Yes, thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it and pass it on to your friends and family. You know, the podcast is just one way that we reach our community members. If you go to our website, www.riseupforyou.com, you will see articles written from contributors from around the world, webinars, live events for you to attend. But you know, we also have a huge online resource center full of information that you can access absolutely free. And you know, one of my favorite sections is the Unstoppable Confidence Toolbox that's full of practices and ways to help you build confidence so that you can overcome any doubt that's consistently getting in your way. It's actually pretty cool. I mean, there's PDFs, there's articles, there's exercises, there's so much for you to take hold of and really help you get to the next step. Is, is we have programs trainings and live coaching calls that are happening all year long special for our members so if you're looking for more and you really want to connect with like-minded women like yourself then you definitely want to check out our membership and all of the benefits that we have to offer here at rise up for you And lastly, if you haven't already, we would really love to hear from you and know how we're doing. Head over to iTunes. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and let us know how we're doing. Rate us, review us so that we can be better and rise up with you. It's always an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. Rise up for you. Be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow.